I want to start with the Patriots in a simple question. What are you rooting for? You're a fan. You're listening to 93.7 WEEI on Thursday in the week between Christmas and New Year's. And yes, please, God, I hope somebody's listening. Come on Uh, in. You're a sports fan. You're enjoying sports. You want to think about sports, talk about sports. You're driving around in your car. Maybe you're returning some gifts. Maybe you had to work and you're bitching like us. I don't know. But you care about sports if you're listening to my voice right now. And you root. You have a passionate rooting interest in your New England Patriots, who are a four-win football team. They are. After years and years of domination, they're an abomination this year. Mm -hmm. And I want to know, and I put out a poll, and we'll get to those results in a minute, but I want to know, were you rooting for the Patriots to win in Denver? And a game that went away where you could have rooted for almost anything because you took a nice big lead with a flurry of points in the third quarter, and then you... Gave up the lead, and it's like, oh, we're going to overtime. It's tied. And then Chad Ryland, who had missed a couple kicks, yep. steps up to the, the tee for a 56-yard game winner. He hits it. What were you feeling on Christmas Eve? Were you rooting for, against? Were you torn, mm. all of the above? What was you, and, and roll that forward now that you have a little momentum. Are you actually like, hmm, might be fun if they finish the season with a couple more wins here, but fun could cost you fun as it does often in this world we all know that sometimes when you do fun things you pay for them later so are you rooting for the patriots to continue to win or the flip side of that is are you rooting for them to lose Mm -hmm. were you rooting for them to lose in denver should have been you should have been could have been i'm not i'm not gonna say should have been that you should have been no no that's my take here. nope nope i am not arrogant enough and people are like, wait, you're not arrogant enough? Yeah, what, people what? like to paint me as arrogant, know-it-all, hard-o, hard. I am not arrogant enough to tell a fan how they should root. I can know what I, I think is the right rooting principle. Yeah, but that's the same thing. Yeah, but I'm not pushing my beliefs on somebody else. Oh, you're, I am on You're this like one. a Jehovah's Witness. You're knocking on people's <laughs> door and you're telling them what they should be thinking. You're like the people in the Book of Mormon that I went to see down at the There's P-Pack. no reason... For you to be rooting for the Patriots to win last Sunday. Night. Who are you to tell me? them that? How? Who do you think you are on your high horse I want to like know Greg why. Hill with his chair up in the air? <laughs> because I want to know why. Uh, tell me why you should have rooted for them. Because it's entertainment and watching a but winner is better than watching a you, loser. But you just said it has to be a diehard. We're talking about diehard fans here, okay. right? The Patriots fans. Diehard fans if root you are for their team to win at all no, costs. No. Maybe. Well, th- no, those are dumb fans. Wow, you just called the fans dumb. Because it's if- Mike Cadlick. He is on Twitter. Is it at Mike at Cadlick? At Mike Cadlick. At Mike Cadlick if you want to reach out. 617-779-7937. Okay, call in. Give us a call. Tell him he's dumb. 37937 if you want oh, to do it. Oh, we got a couple a, on the phone somewhat, already. Oh, you're getting them Let's riled go. up. Bring them you in. You dumb fans who are rooting right, for your dumb, team to win. Cadlick was- wants to talk to you. Okay, so dumb was harsh. Let's use short-sighted. Let's be nice. We we'll back sh- it up. Short-sighted. Did you dumb, ever see these successful you people? dumb, short-sighted Stephen fans. Stephen A. Smith doesn't backtrack, does he? There was no... Mike Cadillac, re- <laughs> don't be backtracking. Tell, there's no reason to, to root for a win. You, you are... Uh, you've, you're what? 4-11 going into last Sunday. What does the fifth win do for you? Absolutely nothing. You need oh, you to... Were, you were 3-11. You were you were three. Oh, you were three. Now you're four and eleven. Yeah, see that the you wins screwed it up to get to three and eleven and now, in Pittsburgh. There's a difference between what you're rooting for and what the team should do. Like, sure, the team should not. There's no tanking in football. There's no. You don't sit there and you don't make decisions to lose a football game when you go into it. And I feel like a lot of people are maybe misconstruing that a little bit, thinking that I'm saying the team should tank. The team should not tank. Bailey Zappi should go out there and give it his all to try and win a quarterback competition and a quarterback job next season and Christian Barmore should be going all out against those uh 
Denver offensive lineman to get himself a three-sack game. And Alex Austin and Sean Wade should be doing their all to try and defend against Cortland Sutton and blah, blah, blah. Like, they're, they're not going to go out there and slow up, except for me, Trent Brown, and, you know, whoa, try and whoa, whoa. lose the football game. He playing at the same speed as his team. Yeah, that's fair. Now we're backtracking once again on what we said before. But, no, it's just it's short-sighted because at the end of the day, this team needs better players to succeed. You need that another quarterback, most likely. You need the 33rd pick instead of the 37th pick in the draft. Like, you need those premier players, and I get that draft picks are kind of a crapshoot, and you can maybe hit on one player and not hit on the other player, but, Hmm. like, at least you have the choice of who you're going to pick now, and you could have had Drake May, and now you may have to go to Jaden Daniels at quarterback, and that might not be a bad thing, but to have the ability to make the choice is better than where they are now, so I just don't think, as a fan, you need this team winning football games right now. You are speaking to the majority of fans, and they're nodding their head. Mm-hmm. Because I put out a very informal poll on my Twitter feed yesterday, in okay. which I asked fans a simple question. Uh, this was 9.16 a.m. yesterday. That, be honest, Patriots fans, were you rooting for the team to win or lose Christmas Eve in Denver? Mm-hmm. And after over 2,550 votes were cast... Look at you. 65, it took off. 65% were rooting for them to lose. 35% were rooting for them to win. Okay. The interesting thing I found. So 65% of fans are smart. uh, And according to you, 35% are dumb. (laughs) Short-sighted. The interesting thing I found was in a lot of the comments and the off-shot fights that started sort of of their own. And then I'm still added, so I'm reading these people fight it out on Twitter. um, Is this is very... Um, polarizing. It is very black and white, mm-hmm. and black doesn't see white, and white doesn't see black. I'm not making this a racial thing. I don't know why I said that. That's just a phrase. We'll get into <laughs> Bill O'Brien and Alabama quarterbacks later if we want to talk race. But is is the one-sided nature. You're an idiot if uh-huh. you don't agree with me. I'm right, and it probably fits in with America mm-hmm. these days, quite honestly, and the political system sure. and the vaccination. We're doing, and- we're doing racism <laughs> and politics yep. here. Mixing this is a, a little vaccination show. talk. Yeah, and we got Tom Curran coming up at 3.30. That is we'll true. We do have Tom Curran at 3.30, get his thoughts on vaxxing. Um, <laughs> but everybody thinks the other's a moron for what they believe and mm-hmm. what they think, and I love topics like this that mm-hmm. are that passionate that they that you literally can't understand the other side of the argument because I am with you. I think the best interests of the football team, I'm going to take Bill Belichick's phrase, the best interests of the football team are to pick as high as possible in the NFL draft. You can trade it. You can take a receiver. I don't care what you want to do. The higher you are, the better it is. Yep. You get more value for the pick. If you go look, I don't care whether it's the old school Jimmy Johnson chart or the newer school chart. It's more valuable to pick one than two, yep. to pick two than three, and as you move down, the value falls on those selections. Well, you also get, like I said, the choice of who you want. Like you Correct. don't have to end up with Drake May instead of Caleb Williams. Like you, cool. you get to choose. You can who do you whatever want. you want. You can exactly. trade down. It's more valuable when you trade down. Yep. You could trade for a player. It's more valuable commodity to play for to trade for said player. And it, it, the passion with which people push back on this, and I understand it. Because I am a proponent of entertain me. Entertainment. I watch sports for entertainment, and it's really not entertaining to watch my team get its nuts kicked in on national TV. So in the moment, you get caught up in the moment. And I made a comparison yesterday. That that feels like a casual fan versus a diehard fan. This comes out, too. A lot of these phrases in my mentions off the poll, Mm -hmm. 
You're not a real fan if you root for your team to lose, you loser. No, 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 or no, no, no. you're not a real fan if you want a meaningless win on Christmas Eve Bingo. at the cost Just to of be entertained. 10 or 12 years. Just to be entertained. But I That's think what the eggnog was for on Christmas Counter-argument to what I think we both kind of agree on. Two points to my counter-argument. One, in a way, this is a little bit back to the Brady... Belichick argument, or even the Garoppolo-Brady argument. And those arguments, if you listen to this station or any sports talk at the time, well, would you rather have three years of Brady Mm -hmm. or 12 of Garoppolo? And then later it was, you know, Brady's probably only got two years left, but Bill, you might get a decade out of him, right? It was longevity. And that's what this argument is, like short-term feeling good, long-term, ooh, do I want that asset? And then the other one is that I keep mixing into this argument, 617-779-7937, the karma gods of football. Ugh. The best turnaround story in football this season is where? I know what you're going to say. Houston. Houston. Houston would have taken with the number one pick a quarterback out of Alabama named Bryce Young. Who Brill O'Brien actually said was a good quarterback. Good quarterback. Good point. We'll get to that later. Yep. But Houston won a game last year against Detroit, I believe, late in the year. Bumped them out of the number one pick, so they had to settle for C.J. Stroud, who is rewriting the rookie quarterback record books. They are, I believe, eight and seven at this point. But they could make the playoffs with the quarterback. They didn't but want, that's but not, they got but that, that's because different. they won yeah, but a game. They, I'm not saying they shouldn't have. I'm not saying the team should try and win the or shouldn't try and win the game. I'm saying the fans should root for a but loss. Houston fans were rooting for a loss, okay. and a win saved their franchise. That's fine. So they karma were, baby. No, they were rooting for a loss. Losers lose and winners no, win. This is wrong. This is just wrong. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven three seven ninety three seven. If you want to join us via text, Mike Cadlick has called you dumb for whatever <laughs> you're thinking. Mostly, if you're rooting for the Patriots to win, Only. we need to talk about it. Are you rooting for the Patriots to win or lose this week in Buffalo? Win or lose out and. How did you feel on Christmas Eve when you were settling in for a long winter's nap after a victory in Denver? 617-779-7937. You are listening to Jones and Mego with Cadillac and Hart. For a team that has a 4-11 and record, a lot of people would say uh, that it, this locker room is super united for that record. Why do you think that is? What ties you all together so tightly? Uh, family environment. We got a family environment for sure. Um, it's no, it's, it's really no I like in this team like it's no nobody's like separate it's like we all like click with each other and it is it's definitely a family environment here jones and mego on a thursday afternoon between christmas and new year's and that is patriots wide receiver big d big m demario douglas i was gonna say he said there's no i in team but there's a big m in demario and there's a big i in patriots there is yeah there is (laughs) it's in the the middle of the word patriots demario douglas talking about how the 4 and 11 patriots are sticking together and actually picking up a little momentum down the stretch here what we're talking about is is that a good thing or a bad thing are you happy about that or you're upset about that as a fan, were you rooting for the Patriots to win in Denver? Are you rooting for them to continue their road success this week? Shouldn't be. <clears throat> in Buffalo, Mike Cadlick, that voice you just heard, says you're dumb if you are rooting for the Patriots to win. I Short-sighted. I, we changed it to short-sighted. I'm, I'm going to stick with your original. It was it Fine. was tighter. It was crisper. It was, it was more poignant. It, it got a reaction. Six one seven. And it was my opinion. Yep. 779 <laughs> We're going to go to the phone lines now. And reminder, just a few minutes, Tom E. Curran 
will be joining us, and we can ask him about this and a number of other topics. But I want to go to the phones, and we'll start out with Justin in Washington, D.C. Justin, you are on the air, and you have an opinion on Mike Cadlick, I would think. Hi, Justin. Yeah. yeah hey, hey, gentlemen. Um, so I was pretty heartbroken with the win in Denver. <laughs> uh, but I don't think this is but, – but I, I don't think this is black and white. And I just want to start off with asking uh, Mike – Specifically, Andy, you can answer. Okay. Mike, are you going to root for the Jets to beat the Patriots? Yes. Wow. Okay, well, <laughs> then you're just not a fan. Why? And Ooh, I think that this is one me. of the outliers because Boston sports yeah. and fanaticism in general is irrational. It's passion. It's entertainment. But specifically in the Northeast, Mid-Atlantic, it's built on hatred. Sure. You have the Celtics, Lakers, Red Sox. But I hate, Kings, I hate losing long-term, right. Justin. I don't want to lose long-term, and therefore well, well, I want to lose one now so we get a better pick later. Well, well, that is understandable, but Thank you. to truly be a fan, you need to absolutely not only love your team, but also hate your rivals. And I, I, I think that this team is so far away from actually contending that it would be more likely the, the QB, even if they're great, would be a bust because this franchise would ruin them. So I'd much rather have, like, two offensive linemen taken, receivers, all, all these Ugh. other things which you can do with, with a lower draft pick. But I just can't find it fathomable, and here's where I'll leave you. You are going to root for the team to beat the Patriots that stole Bill Parcells and Curtis Martin from us and ruined a Super Bowl. Mo Lewis almost killed our cornerstone cornerback. And Mark then it turned into the greatest of all time. That we love a, Mo that Lewis was a ter- here. Thanks for the call, Justin, but that was a terrible end because that sort of made – uh, Mike Cadlick's point there, the long-term satisfaction uh-huh. that you get out of the Mo Lewis hit. And I would argue that's what you're looking for. There should the be sh- Mo Lewis Patriots jerseys. What is more painful for Fox Jets Morrow. fans? What's more painful for Jets fans? Mm-hmm. You beat them in the meaningless season finale of the 2023 season, or you lose that game. You draft Jaden Daniels mm-hmm. with the fourth pick in the draft. Jaden Daniels becomes the next combination of Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, and Jaden Daniels Beats the hell out of the Jets for the next 15 years. Bingo. Right? right. The long-term victory. It's about the battle and the war and the fans that I, tr- I truly believe this. The fans that are rooting for losing, rooting for the draft pick, want to win the war. The and they're willing, to, they're willing <laughs> to take the collateral damage. That is the, the losing now. Right? Like, right. okay, I can take that short-term loss. But anyway, we're going to go to the phone lines now with our much-anticipated guest, on the Harbor One Hotline, Tommy Kern is brought to you by Unified Office. Unified Office will make sure you never lose any business again due to a poor customer phone experience. Find your solution at unifiedoffice.com. Tom E. Curran joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Tom E. Curran, how is your Thursday afternoon smack between Christmas and New Year's Day going? You know, it's good. I just got out of the little health stop. I don't have strep. Woo! I Let's don't go. Have COVID. Just have a little bit of a chest cold. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So, Tom, as you may have heard while you're on hold, or maybe not, uh, we started the show here. I am fascinated by the act of Patriots fans right now as to whether they're choosing to root for or against their team to win games because Mm -hmm. they're rooting for the draft pick or not the draft pick. And it's, it's divisive. You know, one side can't see the other side's argument. Mike Cadlick called people dumb to start the show. It's weird. A lot of people called in after that. I don't think they cared for being called dumb. Phone lines are jammed. I don't want you to tell fans, Tom, how they should root, because I think both you and I agree we that's not our job. I'm not going to tell fans how to root. Right. 
If you were just Tom <laughs> E. Curran sitting by the fire pit in wherever you live, would you be rooting for the Patriots to win football games in Denver, in Buffalo against the Jets, or would you be rooting for them to lose football games and get the higher draft pick? I'd rather them play well and lose because yeah. I do remember. Clearly, <laughs> Good answer, Tom. I do, I do clearly remember the emotion of April when a team that you are following, covering, had been a fan of for a long time and would like to see do well. I know what it feels like, and I know that all the fans do too. They're just forgetting. When you're sitting there on that Thursday night and you have to wait another hour for your team to pick because it happened to win two stupid games and good players come off the board and you end up without those good players and are selecting from a group of players that are not leftovers or remnants, but they're not as good. It's not as good when you have to wait in line to pick. So to me, you, you're getting the very small short-term hit or high from a win that is offsetting the pleasure of knowing that the team is having the best opportunity to improve or to deal. I mean, these are the, the massive amount of money really even between a second overall pick and a fifth or sixth overall pick in terms of value and trades. It's kind of non-negotiable. So Tom, you should do, I think. So when you going back to sort of, I guess the, the indie game that we've talked about with you and sort of the last month that we've had with this team. And now they are starting to win some games. And I know you said, or loosely with the, the decision potentially being made. And no, then no, just... no, 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 no. Loosely the decision was made. Okay. The decision was made, you know, whether Bill Belichick can flip the Patriots mind. Sure. We'll see, but go ahead. So that's, so that's kind of where I wanted to go here. So decision was made. Minds might be able to change. These two two wins over the last three weeks, and then we go into Buffalo and New York. Is this enough, do you think, to really change their mind, or do you still think they're going to go in that one no, direction? Okay. No, I don't think this in itself is enough. I think that at the end of the season, Bill Belichick is going to have to make an extremely compelling argument as to why the Patriots fell off the precipice in 2023. Why did they, despite the ultimatums, and saber-rattling from Robert Kraft, did they fall off the precipice? You know, Bill has to convince them to change their minds because it's certainly trending in one direction in a, a win over Denver, which in hindsight, it really looks like they were protecting Russell Wilson for a large swath of that second half, doesn't it? I mean, they were, they were running the ball exceedingly yeah. and drawing booze from the crowd. And in hindsight, I'm like, were they play-calling to stop him from being in peril? But... You look at that win, you look at the Pittsburgh win, and they were great, and they were stirring, and they showed that the team hadn't quit. But the team that was on the field is one that's the worst offense in football. And you're about to go into a period where you have the third highest amount of cap space. You have a top three pick or top four pick. You have to rebuild your offense. To what end would be keeping Bill Belichick around? Why did it fall off the ledge? Why will it be better than it's been for a team that has, especially on offense, been spiraling really since 2017. 2018 was an 11-5 and team. It was plagued by some offensive inefficiencies. Brady pulled their asses out of the fire with Edelman and Gronk in the running game. 2019, it wasn't a good offense. And we've seen similar results for the past four seasons, I think we could all agree. 
So why will it be different? And to what end would you bring Bill Belichick back? They didn't arrive at that decision that I reported on merely because of anything that happened in Germany. It was a long time coming. A long time coming. So to change minds, Bill Belichick will have to have a lot of charm going on. He might have to appeal to Robert Kraft's sentiment. I don't know what kind of allocations he would make to his own job title to get the Kraft to change their mind. I don't know if they're widely open to it, but I think they'll listen. You mean as far as keeping him as head coach and then you know bringing in someone in the front office type deal, right? I don't know. I mean, yeah, whatever allocations that would require, Mike. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I just explained it out for like two minutes. He's like, so you mean, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what allocations would be. Okay, let, let me give you an example. And, and I don't, I know sometimes we're hesitant to sort of talk about the opinions of others in the market. And we respect each other, I feel like, for the most part in this oh, little yeah. pool that is the Patriots beat. But Mike Reese has been promoting the idea of late that he would keep Bill Belichick, he would keep Bill O'Brien, he would keep Mayo and, and Steve Belichick, he would bring back Josh McDaniels, and he would bring back Dave Ziegler. What are your thoughts on that being what could take place in January? What are my thoughts on whether it'll take place or not? Or no, what no, are my no. Thoughts on the, the idea, the plan. How do you, how do you feel about that? Oh. I don't love it. I think, I think there's more of a new broom sweeps clean type of approach that needs to be used because you're going to have the overlord in place in Bill Belichick in which many people will continue to be genuflecting towards his wishes. If you want that, then don't saber rattle. Don't say you got to produce. Don't say this has to happen and that has to happen. And, you know, what I think that the incestuous nature of the Patriots organization in terms of not thinking outside the box and not kicking over every rock, whether it be for draft picks, excuse me, when they do their draft, uh, when I say draft picks, you you don't see a lot of players from across the landscape drafted by the Patriots. They often go back to the same Mm -hmm. um, coaches and colleges. So I don't, think that the when I say the incestuous nature of the Patriots organization is that we're just going to keep recycling people who've been here, whether or not we're convinced they're the best person for the job because we're comfortable with them. And the comfort, the notion of comfort, the notion of, I know this guy, I know what he's about, he knows what a good football player is, or at least my definition, that has become the most important asset. And I guess when people talk about radical change and embracing radical change, maybe the Patriots need to do that, or they'll be mired in this level of mediocrity that they they don't broaden their horizons much, which isn't to say that, you know, Gerard Mayo, who's learned at the knee of Bill Belichick, is necessarily broadening horizons, but I would think that his approach would be vastly different. So, all right, we have two games left here then, Tom, and we talk about and we you Thank mentioned God. It. yeah decisions being made and decisions to have to be made and the the season ends next sunday at home against the jets 
and then there's Black Monday, and then there's sort of that week, and then is you this get in. Is going to be a hypothetical? Is this going to be a hypothetical? Feels like it. We're driving down hypothetical well, when, lane. Yeah, when does, okay, so when does when does the decision actually become made, and then when do we know when something is happening? Is this going to be a fast process, or is this going to be dragged up by the team? From the reporting done by folks at NFL Media, they said it was going to take a long time. It's a hypothetical. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how long they're going to drag it out. I don't know how much of a premium they're going to put on any kind of compensation for Bill. I don't know how persuasive Bill might be in any sit-downs. I don't know. Okay. Let me ask you. (laughs) You don't have to get mad at him. You're like Bill Belichick. I'm not big on hypotheticals here. Yeah, Yeah, come on. It's like... Because I end up saying something, and then it's, well, Curran said that it's going to be fast. How come I'm going to write fast? it up for WE.com. Okay, this. so you, you're probably not going to like this question either because it's sort of a hypothetical, but I think you're very informed uh, in this world. And this is actually uh, coming from our Twitch chat. They want to bring this topic to the uh, forefront. It's something we've all talked about, the Jonathan Kraft role in this decision. You know, Robert Kraft said last year, Bill Belichick runs my football team. But... What is Jonathan's role in this? Because at some point, it's going to be Jonathan's football team. So how does he fit into the hypothetical plans of January and beyond? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the division of persuasiveness is on the behalf of both men. I mean, it is Robert's football team. It is his nuts on the line, largely in the court of public opinion with the media with the fan base. Um, So the decision, I think, ultimately would be his, the final decision, which isn't to say that Jonathan's input, opinion, experience is not massive. So the final decision would be Robert's, would probably be kind of a Pioli-Belichick type of Mm -hmm. situation. If you can't agree, then you move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, you know, was everybody in lockstep at allowing Bill Belichick to make the decision on Tom Brady? You know, Robert said, go ahead, do what you think is the best thing to do. And they did that. Would Jonathan have felt differently four years ago? Does Jonathan feel differently now? Um, You know, remains to be seen, and we're going to find out soon enough. But I, I do think it's not really a hypothetical in that the the buck stops with Robert. Right. But him being 82 and understanding that Jonathan, look, this decision that you make with Bill isn't just for 2024, it's for the rest of the decade. Because you're going to be attached to a quarterback that Bill would be selecting until 2028 at least. And that quarterback will get the care and feeding of a Bill Belichick program for the first year at least. Poor guy. If Bill stays. <laughs> so, so, Tom, I'll get you out on this, as Andy Gresh likes to say. Um, we haven't brought up Bailey Zappi. We talked about the wins. Question. Oh, sorry. Well, sorry. Bailey Zappi. What, have you changed your opinion on Bailey Zappi? What do you think Bailey Zappi has accomplished over the last two to three weeks? What is the upside of Bailey Zappi moving forward? Bailey Zappi, to me, has gone from probably about the 65th best player at his position in the NFL to somewhere around 38 to 45. Nice. Good job. Maybe even 35 to 40. Ooh. He is now, to me, an entrenched, reliable backup who you can look at and say, 
he can play for me if my quarterback gets hurt. I would not want him to be a an anointed bridge quarterback. For instance, when March comes, I'd still want to see the Patriots add a veteran free agent because they have to, because they can't be assured what they're going to get in the draft. So adding a veteran free agent quarterback with Bailey Zappi there, and then you draft somebody else, and if it's a first round or a second round, and then when the season begins, your veteran free agent quarterback and Zappi will compete to start. You want the veteran to win because he's probably got a better arm, more experience, taller, and you'd feel okay with Bailey Zappi being your two. So while I'm people who love Zappi out there might be saying, oh, he's really hosting Zappi here. No, he wasn't a conceivable backup until the past three weeks. He's earned that. But a lot of guys turn into pumpkins. And that's what I would be weary of with Bailey Zappi, the same way with Josh Dobbs or Tommy DeVito. Is he Gardner Minshew or is he Tommy DeVito? Do we know? We'll find out. Stay tuned. He is Tommy Curran, and according to the text line, he sounds like Bradfoe due to his cold. Tom, uh, I hope you feel better. I hope you enjoy the Patriots game this weekend. I'm glad to hear you don't have any significant illnesses, and I'm sorry you had to put up with Cadillac's hypotheticals. Sorry, Tom. Cadillac was fine. Cadillac was <laughs> fine. I'm going to text them offline and talk about distilling questions. Give me a buzz. All right, Tommy Curran, thanks for joining us on the Harbor One Hotline. Appreciate it. Sooner or later, I will learn which pauses are time for a new question or which pauses are Tom just continuning to collect his thoughts. I'm not quite there yet.